As a photographer, I constantly meet women that wish they were more beautiful. They'll say to me, change this request, fix this, smooth that. Or I'll catch them saying, oh, they're not beautiful or they wish they could do this to their bodies or that. Looking at this, comparing themselves, all of this pain. This made me realize that women face so much pressure just to feel like they're enough. So I decided to create the SHAPE campaign. SHAPE represents simply human advocating positivity everywhere. SHAPE, get it? <laughs> so I launched a nationwide search and received submissions from all over the country. But only six proved to have what it takes. I want to take the diamond in the rough and make her shine brighter than ever. I'm looking for determination, creativity, confidence, and heart. Every size, every color, and every shape. And you better believe I don't shoot for the stars. I create them. Yes. <laughs> I can get used to this. <laughs> I want to thank y'all so much again for tuning in. Coming back at another week, another episode, episode two of the Shape Campaign Podcast. I am your host, Raquez Rouse. And today's show is absolutely, we're keeping the train rolling. We're on a high and we just can't come down. <laughs> today's episode is entitled, It's Showtime. And our guest today, she has a story. Listen, whew, it's one of those things where you're trying to keep your composure but you really just want to break down and cry. Um, this young lady is just has been through so much and she's just been such a resilient butterfly that just keeps flying higher and higher. And so I just know that you're going to be really touched by her story. Without further ado, the fantabulous Ari Fisher. What's up, Ari? What's up? How are you today? I'm good. How you doing? I am excited to be talking to you. Like, I have been looking forward to this conversation literally for the past month. And um, the anticipation that has built up is just so overwhelming. Um, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. You were You were telling me that there was something exciting that you thought about. What was that? Well, I was saying... It's like you were saying, it's showtime. And I was like, it's showtime, baby. <laughs> showtime at the Apollo. <laughs> showtime, for real, for real. <laughs> so um, I want to just, you know, take this opportunity to have this conversation with you. You know, we are like, what, two months since we've done the the initial photo shoot for the promo for the mm -hmm. campaign for Shape 23. And um, this was something that was super duper um, life changing for some folks. And how was your experience? Oh, for me, I know you remember, by the end of it, I was crying and I was just so overcome with emotion because I felt so beautiful and I had never like truly looked at myself in that way before because of like other influences. But that day like really made me happy and it was like a really good highlight mm, for me. Mm, that's awesome. So you said that you never seen yourself in that way before what does that mean so like I like to take selfies and take pictures and do makeup and like I'll feel cute but like it was something about that day like being in the studio and I've always like wanted to do modeling since I was little but I never thought like I would be able to because like by society standards and everything being like a plus size girl but 
it was honestly like a dream come true for me. And I guess like I got all choked up realizing like when I was in the moment of things and like having the lights on me and it was just like everything that I envisioned happening happened. Well, that makes me excited to hear you say that because it's nothing like, you know, um, anticipating something and then it happens and you're like disappointed and let down. So that's definitely not the experience that I wanted you to have. I wanted you to feel like you just explained. So I remember the day of the shoot that you said that it felt like a surreal experience for you. Talk about that. Yeah, um, it felt surreal, kind of like an out-of-body experience because in my head I was just like, is this really me doing it right now? Like, I, I do that kind of stuff in my room, but to actually like be in a real studio and mm -hmm. have the opportunity of somebody even like considering me or wanting me to be a part of their project, like... That's why it like felt surreal, and I just kept saying to myself, "Is this is this really happening?" But mm -hmm. it was really happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really happened. Now I know that um, you're from Charlotte, North Carolina. Tell me a little bit about your childhood. What was what were things like for you as far as your upbringing and how you were treated or taught to feel about the way you treat yourself? Yeah. Um. So growing up, I was raised by my wonderful grandparents and. Um, I feel like I had like a really sheltered life upbringing. Um, I was raised um, as one of Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, so we um, were taught like different things about like morals and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was just kind of hard growing up because I got bullied a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I had like one side telling me, turn the other cheek, don't fight back keep the peace and then like another side of me wanted to be able to stand up for myself mm -hmm. but I will always lean towards the, like keeping the peace part and I feel like that kind of messed me up growing up because I would constantly get bullied like mm -hmm. everywhere I went and then that carried on into my adulthood mm. so you feel like by you your your religious beliefs hindered you from standing up for yourself essentially is that what you're saying um not entirely, like, with, with some of the things, yeah, but it was more so, like, my grandparents just wanting to make sure that I was, like, on the right track, not getting in any trouble, like, keeping me out of harm's way. I couldn't even go outside when I was growing up. <laughs> like, yeah, like, there would be kids across the street I'd be wanting to play with, and they would be like, nah, we're not going to have that. They didn't want, like, any, like, negative influences in my life, so mm -hmm. I, like, that's why I said shelter. Like, I grew up... <laughs> very very sheltered and then like i started finding my own person as i grew up mm -hmm. and still even today sure yeah and i think um i can i can identify with that being sheltered i too was raised by my grandparents primarily and um although we weren't jehovah's witness i do have family that is jehovah's witness uh we were it's more predominantly christian uh non-denominational and it was kind of like that there were certain movies i couldn't watch certain toys i couldn't play with mm -hmm. just because of the base the religious basing of what we believed now do you still have that religious belief system are you still very religious or yeah um still definitely active one of jehovah's witnesses but what i've learned over the years is like some people they take things very very strict mm -hmm. and not saying like don't go by the books of things or like what you're taught mm -hmm. but in the sense of 
some of that like kind of held me back because I was very much a perfectionist and mm-hmm. I felt like, oh, if I do this wrong, even like mess up slightest, then I'm wrong. I'm a bad person. That's what I like put in my head. Mm-hmm. But like over time and like growing into different situations, I'm learning like you can still have that faith, but you don't have to be as rigid. Like if people are bothering you or you're being bullied, though, you stand up for yourself. You speak up, you say something. So I'm finally like getting that voice that I wish I had as a little girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's awesome. Now, do you feel like your grandparents taught you about self-love or, or self-esteem or anything? What did they do to instill that in you? Um. Well, I mean, of course, my grandparents was like, oh, you're a beautiful young woman and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I guess I didn't feel like I got a lot of that. And maybe that could be it, too. I would look at other influences and, like, people at school. And then with the bullying and all that, it made me feel like I was less than. Mm -hmm. So I believed it because that's what I was told, Mm -hmm. you know, um, by the majority of my influences in my life. So, Mm -hmm. like, I wish they could have, like, you know, did a better job. But they've done, like, honestly, like, the best they possibly could. Mm -hmm. But... You know, when you when you get so many voices and like people telling you things, you start to believe it, especially if you don't have like someone else sol- solidly telling you, hey, no, they're wrong. Like mm-hmm. you're a great person. And so I had to kind of like figure that out. Mm-hmm. What type of things um, would be said? Um, that I was, of course, fat, ugly, um, that my mother doesn't love me. And that's why she's dead. Mm. <laughs> all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I got like someone tried to push me in the trash can in school one time. Mm. Um, I had people like set up like someone saying they had a crush on me and pretending to meet me somewhere. And then everyone's laughing at me. All kinds mm. of things happen. Now, how old were you at this age? I was like in middle school. Yeah. Now, I know that your mom was murdered, right? Is that correct? Yeah. So for them to say, oh, well, your mom didn't love you. That's why she's no longer here. That that That's kids, you know, obviously. Um, can you talk about that, how that affected you not growing up with your mom and what happened there? Yeah, um, that affected me a lot mm-hmm. because the thing is, I didn't have my mom here to, like, tell me, no, that's not true. Mm-hmm. And... I just, like, believed other people's thoughts. So it was really hard for me growing up being raised by a generation that's, like, two gaps ahead of me. Mm -hmm. Um, When everyone else around me, for the most part, had their parents. Um, I feel like it had definitely affected me emotionally. Mm -hmm. um, And it's kind of trickling into some things now that I'm trying to undo Mm -hmm. about myself. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was hard not having a mom. And then I didn't have a dad either. So, Mm -hmm. like, my grandparents were mom and dad Mm -hmm. but because like the generations are so different Mm because they're in like their late 80s like generations are so different it's like they couldn't really like help as much with what's going on in today's society because i was too busy teaching them Mm. and they were trying to teach me but their teachings i felt were like really dated Mm. um so did you ever ever have like a stage in your life where you were like rebelling against what they were trying to tell you when you were like just trying to be this rebel and do this do your own thing? Kind of, but like it's like I really wanted to rebel, but I was so deeply rooted in being that good girl. Like I just like the most rebelling 
I think I did wasn't even until senior year. I like didn't show up to class for like the one time <laughs> in my life. Yeah. But like, um, I mean, that too, of course, like not being able to talk to boys and stuff and like having crushes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like I had I had like a boyfriend in middle and high school, like way back. And that's the only boyfriend I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. Like even to now. Mm-hmm. But um So so, yeah. so y'all are still together? No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Got you. No okay. longer together. Great person. Wouldn't say anything bad about him, but like we just kind of drifted separate ways, okay. different paths. Gotcha. Yeah. So I now I know you say that um you feel like you have issues and challenges with abandonment. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, so growing up without a mom and then seeing everyone else around me like with their parents and like super close like my family was never super close or Mm -hmm. tight-knit so and then growing up as an only child I was always by myself that's what it was Mm -hmm. and whenever someone would like come close to me I would want to like embrace them and wrap them in and Mm -hmm. hold them tight Mm -hmm. and then like they would leave and then that would affect me and my mood and also make me think, oh, well, maybe I'm not worthy of love or maybe, you know, like I'm not good enough. And then that's when those thoughts start trickling in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, abandonment issues. Yeah. So I wonder, like, you know, because I think for a lot of, you know, um, people, children that grow up without their parents um, or even if they are raised by their grandparents or, or relatives, they can grow up with that chip on their shoulder, so to speak, where they don't feel like they are worthy or they feel like they're like a, a second thought to people or an afterthought. I can identify with that personally. Um, how do you overcome that? Have you have you mastered that? Are you still working on that? What is, how have you coped with that? Um, well, after many, many failed friendships and situations, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of what boosted me to realize, you know, Maybe it's not me. Maybe it is the other person because I'm like, I've always been a really nice, very kind-hearted person. Mm -hmm. And I learned the lesson over the years that people love to run over nice people. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like how it is, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, But how I've been able to overcome it is um, growing up, getting older, um, realizing my worth. And then I have my best friend, Mm -hmm. shout out to Kia. (laughs) (laughs) That has always, like, helped me and let me know, like, how much she cares about me. And having those, like, really close friendships, like, now Mm -hmm. and knowing that those are real people that are in your corner, it helps. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree. And I can attest to that also. Um, And I I hear happier you said that you feel like you're too nice, right? And is that stemming from the bullying that you feel like, hey, I'm too nice and this is happening? Yeah, Because the thing is, I was bullied in school and then into adulthood, I was bullied on jobs very severely. Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt like, honestly, it was because like I was nice and I was also passionate about what I did and I actually liked my job Mm -hmm. and things like that. So now, um, I guess you could say I'm in my villain era. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, because like I'm... When you get picked on so many times and it like works on you over the years, you just get tired. And right now I'm at the point where like, I'm done. I'm tired. Like, I'm still nice, but I'm aware. Like, I'm not going to let you. Is it the villain era or is it called setting boundaries and having a standard? 
Yeah, we could say setting boundaries. Because to to the to the people that are trying to take advantage, of course you're going to sound like a villain if you're telling me no. Yeah. Right? If you, if it's something that I want you to do and you don't want to go along with my plan, oh, well, you're going against what I want. So you're the villain, quote unquote. But if it but if it's for the betterment of yourself, are you really a villain or a, or hero? I'm a hero to me. I'm a villain in their eyes because mm-hmm. the same people that thought they could just walk all over me and I let them. Now I have those boundaries. I'm learning to set those boundaries. And of course, they're going to think I'm a villain because I'm not going to play their little game anymore. And no, I'm not taking it anymore. So, of course, you know. You know, something that I I adapted this like theology personally amongst myself and I say this to like in my personal life and things. I'd rather be kind than nice. I'm not a nice person. I don't agree <laughs> with being nice. To me, nice people can be walked over and be doormats and be taken advantage of and be manipulated and controlled. Not saying that you can't be manipulated if you are kind, but it's not as easy to do that. Kindness to me is rooted in what's the best outcome for both sides, both parties. I can be kind to you because you are a human being and I have respect for you. However, I don't have to be nice in the sense of giving you everything that you want. So to me, being nice is equivalent to just going along to get along. Mm-hmm. And kindness is more so about, let's be fair. Let me do something that is fair to myself, but at the same time, that shows you the proper respect while at the same time still maintaining boundaries on both sides. What do you think about that? I agree with that. So that's that's how I maybe I, I'm not telling you to adopt that, but maybe that's something you want to how you want to look at it, mm-hmm. because it reminds me that it's OK to set boundaries. It's OK to allow people to realize that there are consequences for your actions. So if you are going to cross my boundary and continue to do it, after I've told you this is my boundary and don't cross it, then I have to walk away. The consequence of that is me walking away from you as a person in my life, whether you are a relative, a friend, whatever, because I have to be kind to me, too. Like you want me to be kind to you, which is fairness, right? Right. We'll be right back. Hey, it's your guy Quest here. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to the Shape Campaign podcast. And as a quick reminder, please be sure to check out all of our exclusive interviews from the rest of our ShapeCast, as well as the promotional rollout at RaquezRouse.com. And for more exclusive behind-the-scenes stuff that you may have not gotten to see, at my Instagram handle, at mr.raquezrouse. That's Mr. Raquez Rouse. Now back to the show. So the Shape Campaign, right? What inspired you to join this movement of celebrating beauty? Well, I remember when I first saw the advertisement, I was on Facebook. And I don't really go on Facebook that much, but I just felt like scrolling. And then I saw the ad and I was like, hmm, I wonder if I could do something like this. And then when I heard what it was about, I was like, maybe like I could be a part of this. So I was like, hey, why not just... Put the application in, just see what happens. If it's a no, no, it's mm-hmm. yes, great. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to just take a leap because I liked what it stood for. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Now, if you all were sitting here in the studio with us, you would see the RQs looking at the promo. So I have the original promo from Shape 2022. I'm in the studio and I use it as a beacon of inspiration for me. I look at it every day. Um, and what do you think about that? Because I you keep looking at it. What, what stands out to you? What, <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> They all baddies. They're all baddies in their own right. And I see myself in them mm-hmm. and like the confidence that they bring, like the naturalness is not like 
is not fake. Mm-hmm. Like they're all like really fierce women. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now in my adulthood and after many lessons, I feel like I'm a fierce woman and I deserve to be up there with yes. them too. So. Yes, ma'am. You are making me tear up. Now you had me tearing up on the day of the shoot too. I, um, one thing about you, Ari, that I've noticed, and I love this about you, you have this sense of your, there's a free energy, a free spirit that I get from you. Like, I know that you have, you're grounded in your religion and that's great, in your faith. However, I feel a sense of like, you're very lighthearted. It, it, like you don't, your energy is not, it's not heavy. It's not toxic for a lack of a better word. It, it's mm-hmm. something that is, it's like you want to be around you. It's very attractive. It's an attractive energy. Um, do you, do you feel like you've worked hard to maintain that spirit about you, even though you've been through so many things that have not been great? How do you maintain your beautiful spirit? That is such a great question. Cause this this podcast could go for on and on after all the stuff that I've been through. But I think like um, just being very aware of like the person that I am and knowing that I'm a good person mm-hmm. and not listening to those negative voices anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just like being more confident in myself and not allow like not allowing myself to believe to believe these crazy things that people say about me. Mm-hmm. Cause at the end of the day, like I'm not for everybody, but my body is for me. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. Now, are you, have you gone to any extremes to look a certain way or how do you feel about cosmetic surgery? Cause that, that was one of the reasons mm-hmm. why I did start the campaign as well, because I felt like there were so many negative things about Go to the DR and get this done or, you know, get this uh, nipped and tugged. How do you feel about all that? So I considered something before, but then I thought, like, to be honest, I thought about all the mistakes that happened in the surgery rooms and that kind of like freaked me out. And I was like, nah, never mind. I'm just going to like love my body and just keep healthy how I can. But maybe I'll change my mind down the road. But I don't knock anyone that does it because like, however someone wants to feel about their body or change their body, like that's their prerogative if it makes them feel better. But for me personally, I like, I like how I am. Obviously, like, you know, I would like to be a little smaller, maybe, you know, like tuck a little thingies, but maybe a more natural process for me, not like going under the table, under the knife per Mm -hmm. se. Do you think that it's practical to just say, I love my body. Is it every day that you love your body or is it? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> Some days like, and the thing is, I don't like look in the mirror like you see in like those movies and say, oh, my body's like this. Like, or I don't, I don't remember like necessarily doing that and like tearing my body down and nitpicking it. But like, if I see like a picture on Instagram I'll see like an inspiration of like what I would like my body to look like. And I'll just be like, oh, maybe I could get like that. If it happens, cool. If it doesn't. You know? So tell me about that. Let's talk about that. What would you like your body to look like? What What have you inspired it to be? You want to know the model that I love? Tabria Majors. Tabria Majors. She's like so super pretty. I remember when I saw her. That's when I first like wanted to get into modeling. I would see like those Tory magazines. I wanted to do print. Mm. And things like that. And I always see her there. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she's so pretty. And, like, 
she like has like the curves, but she's still like plus size and like super pretty. Cause I never wanted to be like, for me personally, cause I'm not knocking anyone else's body, but I never wanted to be like super slim, like, you know, super straight and narrow like that. That was never like me. I've always liked my thighs. I've always liked my curves. I just kind of maybe want to like tone it a little bit, but I've always liked being a bigger girl. Mm-hmm. So when I saw her in that magazine, it was like the first time that I saw someone that looked even like remotely close to me. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. She's awesome. She's awesome. Yeah. Do you feel pressure to, when you're in a room with other women, right? Mm -hmm. Do you feel pressure to be the prettiest one or do you feel like you're not the prettiest one? I know you you had these things about, you know, you didn't really feel like you really were, you know, um, worthy. But how do you feel when you're around, surrounded by other beautiful women? Um, It actually makes me feel good because I'm like, Oh, so I'm one of them, too, because I'm in the same room with them. Mm -hmm. So we all looking at each other. I'm like, well, I'm just as good. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like everyone looks different and like they may have like better bodies Mm -hmm. or like, you know, or different shape. But we all have something like in common. Mm -hmm. Like we all deserve to be there. So I guess for me, like I don't necessarily like look at another girl and be like. Like with some people, I'm like, oh, I wish I had that or this like that. But I know, like, at the end of the day, it's up to me whether I change that. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. I, if I if I don't look like that, I can't get mad at anybody but myself. And I realize that. So I'm like, well, when I'm fully ready, I will. <laughs> yeah. When you're fully ready, you will. And so with the Shape Campaign, right? Mm-hmm. The Shape Campaign is essentially for women to be able to find someone in the campaign that they can identify with, right? I believe representation is everything, you know? And when you see yourself, when you see someone that has something that you can identify with in a space, you know that it's possible for you, right? So what do you want a young woman or a more seasoned woman or a little girl looking at your photo when the this promo comes out? What do you want them to gain from that? What is there any story or message that you can give them specifically directly to help them overcome their challenges? Um, I want whoever is looking at it to know and feel like I can do whatever I want to do. And I don't need anybody to tell me that I can or can't do it. Like I want them to be able to, to see it in them looking, looking at me and not even just because of like maybe like my appearance, but like even in this podcast, like the words that I say, like I want to be able to give a message of like, yes, I went through a lot. It hurt, but I made it on the other side. And a lot of people can't say that, that they make it on the other side. I'm starting to get teary eyed because I'm starting to think about the time where I didn't want to make it on the other side. Mm. Um, back to the whole bullying thing like it got so bad that like I literally just did not want to be here anymore Mm -hmm. and I remember how low I felt and I told myself after I got over that I said I never Mm -hmm. want to go back to that dark place ever again Mm -hmm. I never am going to let anybody get me down that bad because it Mm -hmm. is scary Mm -hmm. and for anybody, like with all the things that are going on in the world and the, there's like depression and like I suffer from depression and I have like all that stuff going on. Like I want someone to be able to know, despite all these trials that you have, you can make it on the other side. 
it is possible and don't let anyone tell you otherwise mm, that's amazing i i you said you're tearing i'm tearing a little bit too all right i see that in you like that will to live and that will to continue to push and to keep going and i'm so like this you were the perfect candidate. And I don't know if I told you that before or not, but that's what I've always thought that you're the perfect candidate for this campaign because it's designed for women just like yourself that say, hey, I have a story. I have a past. This is what I've been through, but I don't want to give up my life. And I want to be able to encourage somebody else to keep going. And that's exactly why we're doing this. Absolutely. Um, this is something I, I really want to. This was our first time working together, you know, for the campaign. 2023 but i want i want to be able to create more opportunities and more spaces for us to reconvene because there's something about you that is just so powerful so powerful and divine and just and i'm not saying this just to be throwing out words but it's like you're you're giving me reason to live and re and purpose you know what i'm saying like to know that i am I, as i'm sitting here speaking with you no matter what I'm dealing with or going through, whatever, it helps to reinstill in me that this is why you're doing this. So you can hear women say, hey, it's making me feel like I belong somewhere. Like I have a community of people that share experiences. Maybe they may know the same experience or may not, but they can share a common uh, message and a common um, purpose. And that's why we're doing this. So thank you so, so much. Um, is there anything that you feel like you want to share with the listeners that will help them get a bigger insight into who you are? Yes. Um, I want everyone to know out there that this world is very tough and it's getting tougher every day, but we have to remain strong. We have to believe in ourselves without have like even if no one else believes in you you have to believe in yourself you have to keep pushing even find the smallest thing even if it's being able to breathe the next day and wake up the next day be thankful for that and just keep pushing because so many people they are so done with life and and they take their lives and it's very sad. And like I said, I, I've been there before and I don't want that to happen to anybody else. Um, so if you're listening out there, just know that there is somebody that is also going through similar things and you're going to make it on the other side. There we have it. I want to thank you so much. So very much for being a part of this. Thank you for trusting me with this vision. Thank you for trusting me with your story, Ari. I really appreciate you. Thank you for being part of the Shape Campaign 2023. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. That is Ari Fisher. I'm Rockwes Rouse, and we'll see you later.
stay tuned for our next episode. Shape.